Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. As we talk about the heat, this historic day, May 31st, the hottest in our area's history, hard to take. It also is part of a bigger prediction that the whole country could be heading into a different kind of a weather pattern. And we first started hearing this as we looked at that storm, and people still do not have power. That is really incredible. They don't have power after that storm that hit like a hurricane on the Saturday afternoon. We're getting, you know, it's been just over a week, and power has not been restored in areas. First of all, it was incredible to see the damage. There are buildings that are personally meaningful to me in the town of Uxbridge that have been completely destroyed and only even getting some really good pictures from friends because they've been sawing and moving. So what is happening here? Is this an example? Storms like that. And what about our ability to rejuvenate? What are our, about our ability to bounce back? I began the show by saying, We've had our eye wiped in a lot of ways. We took even weather for granted. And then we take our ability, aren't we so sophisticated, to bounce back. What kind of a message is Mother Nature sending us? Marion Diamond is going to start us off this hour, environmental chemist and professor at the University of Toronto. Marion, good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me. What are you looking at when you look at all those things we're pulling together? I mean, we've got people waiting for power. It couldn't be restored in the way that we thought we had the ability to do it. We had that storm that wasn't just a thunderstorm. It just left huge damage in its wake. And as I began the show, I talked about the Pacific Northwest last year. It was shocking. And now we're kind of bracing ourselves. As an environmental chemist, what are you thinking here? I'm very concerned, and not just as an environmental chemist, but as a mom and somebody who hopes to have grandchildren. As as a citizen, I'm very concerned. We've prospered because of a very stable climate. We've been lulled into believing that our prosperity, our safety, the society as we know it will continue, but that's a false sense of security because we have that prosperity due to a stable climate, a climate that is no longer stable. The derecho that we saw last weekend mm -hmm. is a prime example of a climate that's changing. I want to be really clear. We have not reached a new normal. We're on a trajectory of a changing climate. This is what is to come. And in fact, we don't really, we cannot predict well what is to come. It's very concerning. Let me ask you, you know, we have this early heat wave and it's not even, we're not even finished with May and it arrived earlier than most people expected. Do they hit harder? Because everybody seems to be reeling from this. We're used to it. We have it in our psyche, August heat. We don't have May 31st heat in our psyche. 
Indeed, and heat waves as a part of climate change are becoming more severe, more prolonged. The season of heat waves is becoming longer. This, this is also, it's a real public health concern. People who live in, in, as Canadians, we should be concerned because we're actually quite vulnerable to both illness and unfortunately death due to heat waves. So as you said, you know, we're, we're more accustomed to heat waves in August. That's because we acclimatize. But for, we live in a climate of weather extremes and that makes us more vulnerable to the effect of heat waves, especially when they happen early. So, and also, yeah, and when we bring together, I mean, look at, we've just been through a pandemic, a lot of the things that we're talking about here with things we can't control in our nature and, and our health, uh, we had that, the rug pulled out from under us and it went on year after year. We're still, we're still in that. And then now we're grappling with a, a weather system and a climate that seems to be hitting us here with severity, even if it's spontaneous severity, we can't rely on it at all. It all comes together, Miriam, to make us feel very vulnerable. However, this has happened before. I had a guest on in the first segment who said five five thirty five, the year five thirty five. There was um, a terrible, terrible volcano, and the earth was plunged into grayness. And humans have been through this before. We have been. We have been through this before, but there is a very big difference. There were many deaths. There was terrible destruction. We have come to appreciate a very high standard of living, longevity, stability. That's the hallmark of our current society. We don't tolerate millions of people dying. So to say it's happened in the past, is correct, but it's a very, very different society with very different expectations. We have a highly sophisticated society that depends on all sorts of technologies, be it from our freezers and refrigerators, some of which are not operating now because of the lack of electricity, a sophisticated healthcare system where we expect high quality healthcare. We expect insurance claims to be paid. Mm -hmm. We expect to have good education and, and so on. We've come to expect that. How, as a society, do we pay all these bills forward? But I do want to say one thing. It's sometimes we use the word mother nature and we say, oh, um, you know, the pandemic has thrown us a curveball. But it's been predictive. One of the reasons why we've had the pandemic is because of the incursion of people into areas in close contact with wildlife, with which we did not have exposure previously. And then we, we travel and then we have a different kind of a world and we all and yes. we're interconnected here. Uh, Marion, there's kind of a, all those feelings are present right now, but that's how people change, right? That's how we get we adapt. And I, I think you use the word adapt. We do adapt. We've adapted before. And we also control what we can control. Is the message getting through here? We can adapt, but it's going to require really forceful 
intentional change. It's a change that we really have to work for. You know, we're in the midst of election, of course, as you know. The election, of course, is Thursday, and we have important choices to make. We have choices to make of business as usual, which is not going to be aggressively tackling the climate change crisis. We have different options. I'm so pleased that we're speaking about this today because voting and the way you vote is one way to affect change. Change isn't just going to happen by itself. No, and I want to ask you no, that. No, we you have know, to work towards it, change. As we talk about this, it's always political, isn't it? Because we're watching these things and you're, we're reacting to the weather and people have a different template that they put things through and different, and different information that they, they respond with. How do you bring everyone together on this, Miriam? We bring everybody together by thinking of common goals. And for me, those common goals are quality of life, equity, justice, and safety. To achieve those goals for everybody, then we have to aggressively, aggressively tackle the climate change crisis, which is just going to exacerbate all other crises. So we can bring people together by talking about those common values. I think just about everybody can agree that we want safety for our kids and our grandchildren. That's our common focus. And then we can work with purpose towards that end. I want to ask you while we have you too, we have lots of reports about what's going to be happening in the summer and the kind of weather that we can expect. What's on the horizon and how is this being predicted here? You know, the fact that this heat wave has happened and we set a record in May 31st. How how does that play into the information that we're getting about what we can expect here? Well, I'm neither a climatologist nor a meteorologist. so. Um, I'm not uh, able to comment on what weather will be coming in the summer. I'm sure a climatologist or a meteorologist might be able to predict. But one thing we know with climate change is that it can be quite unpredictable, as we saw with our storm last weekend. So climate change throws us quite a curveball. It does. And but, we're about to go through it. what we are clear right. about, let me be very, let me be very uh, um, confident by saying climate change is happening. It's getting worse. It's a crisis. It accelerates all other crises. For example, food, income security, health. All those factors are impacted by climate change. And people it's are starting to see the connectedness. Yeah, as we say, and you know, it's happening in a time and prices are growing up. Miriam Diamond, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Miriam Diamond is a environmental chemist, professor at the University of Toronto Department of Earth Sciences. There we go. Coming together of things, making the record books. We're going to take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the sense that we can't repair these outages. It's really quite incredible how long and how much time has passed and there's still people 
in our province, in our area that have not regained their power. And you're probably like me. I'm still getting pictures of friends in Ottawa and also people I know in Uxbridge. I lived in Uxbridge for a while and in the rural part of Uxbridge for, for many years, lots of friends there. And it and they just got wiped out. There's buildings, you know, a building my sister was married and gone. Uh, a building, you, you get relationship to building when you live in an area, especially the, the beautiful vintage ones and, and centuries there. Gone in one afternoon, gone within an hour. Unbelievable. This is On Point. I'm Arlene Bynan.